Yeah, this mic. Do you, do I sound all right? Yeah, you sound great. Awesome. Yay. Do you like it? <laughs> You're like, yes, yeah, sound better. I do. I think it's <laughs> awesome. Welcome, everybody, to Reality of Designer. And today we're going to talk about how to find the right company. This will be a part one. This is part one of it. So we're going to be focused today on startups, you know, red flags, green flags. Startups. Yellow flags, gray flags, all of the flags. All the flags. All the flags. My name's Edwin. I'm Tiffany. There you go. We're also celebrating the fact that Tiffany has a new microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now I'm at least sound. Sort of, we're on like sort of the same page, which is kind of nice. Sounds so crisp. Yes. I'm like really excited. So starting with startups, finding a good company. Well, there will be some stuff that we'll talk about that it seems a little bit obvious and other things that I hope are not so obvious. Um, so let's start with the most basic, obvious thing. First thing you should do is let's just say you're going to get for some miracle, right? A company is like willing to talk to you, a startup or anything, or you're about to reach out. Google the company. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Learn everything you can about this company. And I know that seems obvious, but it's not really because when we, when you say Google, that's like so broad, right? It's like it could be so many things. But here are things that I look for. And like, I don't know, Tiffany, you can say, I guess, things that you look for. But I want to know who's the CEO, who's the founder, who is he or she, right? And is this person competent and aligned with the idea and what i'll mean by that is let's just say they're a person i think you might we talked about this before one time it's like off record yeah. it's like what if the person's working they're trying to do an app for the medical industry but they have no medical background in any capacity you're like, mm. mm-hmm. you're like who are their partners sounds familiar yeah who are their partners <laughs> and a thing i think most people should this is something that I've learned, but most people should like hear this, is that a CEO's background will dictate the culture of a company, usually. Absolutely. And you can't really change that. And if you look at something like Oracle, right? Like you look at Larry, like the CEO, like basically a super tech, you know, like engineer. So the company's culture is engineering, right? And... If a per, if Airbnb, they're a little bit lean heavily, a little bit more into design and stuff. So their culture is more design focused. Um, right. If your CEO, the one you're Googling, is a salesperson, I can guarantee you the culture is about selling because that's what they know. And that's what they're going to be focused on. And they're going to be like, damn UX, I do not care about design. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it, it really makes a difference, right? I mean, the you're you're looking up a startup, and for the CEO, this is or the founder, this is their baby, so they're gonna put not only their expertise into it, but also, you know, like their work ethic and you know their styles and all of that. Yeah, they definitely will. And trust me, I've had some, <laughs> I've met some CEOs that, oh my god, they were salespeople. And you're like, well, everybody's getting burnt out and they're dying. They're like, no, we have to keep selling, selling. <laughs> Just like, uh, can I look for a new job, please? It's actually pretty bad. But I don't know. So it's just like some advice. When you Google when you Google a company, look for their CEO. And 
try to- yeah i i go pretty deep here i like to psychoanalyze the person <laughs> really like how so because i mean for me it really matters um the the culture piece right like i i know i i think i mentioned this in a previous episode but like you know i'm an introvert and um you know there are certain things that make sense for the way that i work and uh other things that would make me really uncomfortable so um, yeah, understanding the culture and, and learning that through the CEO, I think, is important if, you know, the the work style makes a difference to you. Oh, yeah. And look at their Twitter account and other stuff. Like, what if they're, like, massively racist? And you're like, oh, red flag. <laughs> yeah, but you mentioned this earlier. What What should you think of if you don't find that like what if they're not super present on social media they don't have a twitter account well, if or... that don't, i mean it, i sometimes it happens right some people are so busy they don't have time for social media that can be either a good or a bad thing um it could be mean they're just working and doing stuff they don't have time for it i mean i still think you should make carve some time for it but if you're googling a company and they have no social media presence whatsoever either they just started like yesterday <laughs> or they don't find it important which would be scary for growth yeah. or who are their clients, right? Like that they don't think that they need. Now, here's the difference. So if you're, okay, so this is why it really matters. If your company is B2B, business to business, instead of B2C, business to consumer, then that maybe is okay because that means they're not selling to the public. Right. They sell to a company. Like I've worked a lot in B2B in the past where, like we made a product that nobody off the street would buy it. A company has to buy it. Yeah. So our social media presence wasn't that big, mostly because you just built something so niche and you're just chasing over those people that work at companies and they get it. Now, if you're in consumer, right. you have to really, like you're trying to court people, yeah. buy, my, buy my shit. <laughs> but even for B2B, I would say like there's got to be some reviews out there, right? From other companies are like, oh, we partnered with it, especially if it's like a service. Yeah. It's like we really enjoyed working with this company and, you know, if they're advocating for it. Those are great signs, like green green flags, probably. Yeah, you, yeah it's a good point. Like you can look at reviews for them. Um, you can look at like who is actually using it. Now, here's a little trick that people, some people might not know. You know how when you go to a website and it says we are used by... Adobe or reused by Microsoft. And they put all the logos. Yeah. I, you're allowed to do that if at least one person in that company uses it. <laughs> so, so it doesn't mean the whole company uses that product, by the way. It just means maybe there's a yeah. team using it or somebody's an advocate there for it. So just be wary. Like, it's very easy to be like, Apple uses that me. And you're like, mm, not all Apple. <laughs> yeah, I know we'll have a... a um, uh, an episode about, I guess, interview process, like more in depth. But I think that could be something that you can find out from an interview, like, you know, ask those questions, right? Like it says you work with this company, you know, like what what does that relationship look like? And if it sounds like they're just making up shit, then it's probably a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about making up shit. What is their idea? Like, is their idea stupid? Like, to be honest, I know that's very subjective, some ideas for you personally might be like, yeah, that nobody, nobody's ever going to use that. Like, come on, right? And I'll, I'll use an example. Like one time, 
sorry if I highly doubt that that person's listening, but one time I walked into a gym and they're like, oh, we're a new startup working with the gym and we rent you gym clothes. And I'm like, what do you mean you rent me gym clothes? They're like, yeah, we rent you gym clothes. Yeah, Yeah, right. And it's like, oh, it's so gross. They're like, no, we washed them. And I'm like, it's still nasty. And obviously they went under like after like two months or so. So many questions about this. And, like, no, we, and here's the weirdest thing. Weirdest thing. I said, like, do you power wash this? They're like, oh, we do some thorough power washing. And I go, that's still so gross. And not even your men- your website doesn't mention anything about washing your gym clothes. So I was like, <laughs> I don't think this is going to make it. And they didn't, right? So be careful at the idea. Think, does this idea make sense? Um, not only does it make mm-hmm. sense, how many competitors do they have? Right? Like, yeah. If, I like what you said earlier about, like, does this idea sound stupid? <laughs> right. Like, does this sound stupid? That's a good like, gut if check. You, if, think about this. If you have to explain what the company does to your friend, are you okay doing that? And do you feel proud? I'm going to work for a company that rents gym clothes. And if you can say that totally, like, with a straight face, totally happy and willing to defend them, then yes, you should move forward. <laughs> Yeah, and I think this also goes hand in hand with like aligning with your values too, right? Because if it's something, I mean, you might be really excited by something like that, like by this yeah, you might be you know, a very eclectic gym. idea. Maybe maybe that's your passion or something. <laughs> but so it does matter, right? But if you when you hear the idea and you're like cringing internally, like mm, I don't know, this doesn't make sense to me, or that doesn't excite me, then that's probably a pass. Yeah, especially since hundreds of startups come out every month. Like at least here, imagine in the world. I can I don't even know the number. It's insane, right? Like everybody starts companies. Um, so it, it's okay to there's gonna be a lot of dumb ideas. Not many startups make it. Um, just FYI, like the percentage is very, very low. So yeah, just make sure the idea sounds okay. And and again, it's something I was telling you, <laughs> Tiffany, like when we were like before we recorded this, is like, don't drink the Kool-Aid because they're going to sell you that this is the best. This idea came from like, oh, absolutely. Right? Like Moses came down with the tablets of the startup idea and they're like, no, God was going to give me commandments. But he said <laughs> he came to me in a dream. Yeah, God said no <laughs> commandments. The startup is more important. Right. And like that's how they're going to sell it to you. And it's. You should be very, very careful because it, it can like backfire really bad and you can get excited because their enthusiasm can be very infectious. And yeah, especially if they're already, you know, if this startup is already generating a lot of hype for themselves, like they're in the news, yeah. they're in social media, they have hired a really great, um, you know, like copywriter right. or like marketing specialist. So maybe they're already on top of that, you know, and like, uh, projecting this this brand of themselves but um you know really ask yourself like one does this align with you know what i'm interested in but and then two like does this sound actually viable yeah it's because we're gonna compete with microsoft word i'm like mm, but should you though like fine there's a lot of note apps out there like just be careful or like oh they're gonna be like i'm gonna make the next you know xbox or something like just something insane that you're going I mean, these companies are spending billions of dollars. Like, like, can you start at least small? <laughs> Not be so ambitious. Yeah, who's their competitor? Yeah, who's their competitor. Like, just be careful. Actually, I think this is a great this is a great example, Edwin, because it, we've talked about this before. Where 
Um, you could be a startup that chooses to do one particular thing, a small thing. You you see a problem that exists. You know, as a company, you see a problem that exists that other competitors out there, other products out there are not addressing. And you just focus on that one thing and you do that one thing really well, like the Sunrise app, right? They did calendar oh, like so, so, so well. <laughs> but yeah, of course, there were already big name competitors out there like you know microsoft had calendar apps google has calendar apps i mean apple i mean you yeah, name it suck. right but they were able to just focus on that one aspect they weren't saying like hey we're gonna like challenge the office suite but like we're just gonna make sure that our calendar is like the most amazing experience for all of your calendaring needs actually it, you made me think of something so i remember when i met these vcs venture capitalists and we were talking when they were just having drinks and they said do you want to know a red flag for a startup? And they were just joking. But I mean, these people, that's what they do for a living, right? They just, they yeah. just vet companies all day. It was saying, does the website have a comparison matrix? And those for don't know, that means Ooh. do they have a checklist? And it's like, we do this and our competitors don't do this. That's a red flag because mm -hmm. you will never be able to catch up to your competitors because they already have a head start. And it tells the it says that the company's not focused. They're trying to compete directly feature to feature, which means they're selling it feature to feature. So an example, if you make a competitor to Salesforce, right? Let's say you're going to make a mm -hmm. CRM and you're going to be like, I'm going to compete with Salesforce, like a massive company, right? Like they basically made SaaS a thing, you know, what is it? Software as a service. And mm -hmm. like, that was amazing. Let's say you're going to compete with them. Do you know how many features Salesforce has? It is insane. Like, think about it. It's like, like two decades or like who knows how long of just adding features. That's what I'm saying. It's already a sweet. Every you know? day they're adding features and you're going, but we're going to compete against that. You're like, no, you should pick one thing that you do amazing and just make that thing amazing. And then don't put the comparison matrix. Just say, am I doing this amazing thing? So when you research that company, read their website and what is the one thing they, On their website. they do? What's the, web, what's the one thing they do that's amazing? Is that clear? Is that clear on the website too? Like if they can't explain themselves, either like, you know, in person when they're talking to you, the recruiter or whatever, or on their website, it's it's hard to understand, well, what is it this thing that they're actually doing or selling or, you know, what they're focused on? If that's not even clear on the website, I think that's also kind of a red flag. Yeah, and that happened to me. And I'll probably use episodes in the future to go deep into the insanity of the startup world, right? But <laughs> I drank the Kool-Aid once in a company where I believe their hype, I believe their website, I believe everything they said because it just sounded too good to be true. And I said, well, it must be true then. <laughs> it's like, I didn't really think the opposite and I learned my lesson. Thankfully not. It didn't take so long. I think I, I feel like I only wasted two years of my life. <laughs> Even though I worked there for like a couple years, I still feel like I only wasted two, not all of it. <laughs> I almost wonder if at some point each and every one of us like is going to go through that experience. Did you? You know, as a junior designer, I did. I definitely did. I, I fell for a company that, you know, like I was so bought on their hype. <laughs> and um, it ended up being absolutely not what they were selling. And um, I learned a lot from that experience. Like what did you learn? What was like the biggest thing you learned? I learned never trust sales CEOs. <laughs> I learned. Um, I know we're going to talk about this later, but I think it was a huge red flag for me when they said, oh, you'll be the first designer um, and we'll hire more people. And then, you know, like a month in, like there was no movement to yeah. hire another designer. 
you're like raising your hand. Can I get some help? And they're like, what? You're still here? <laughs> like, like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah, we all we all fall for it. Well, another thing, another red flag, I guess, or green flag or however you want to see it, is their funding. Like, here's the weird thing about funding. It's very easy to talk about funding to people that don't know about funding and make it sound awesome. And we will probably talk about that in another episode, like go deep into equity and like all the terms that you should be like careful for. But here's a general rule of thumb. Research who are their venture capitalists because they can be like, yeah, we're honeycomb, whatever. I don't know if that place exists, but we're like venture capitalists, whatever. And that's who's funding us. You should see like Google Google their investors and does their portfolio match what they're doing? You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. because if not, that means it was probably just an angel investor or they just threw money at it. But like if it's a venture capitalist that focuses on farming stuff and this is not a farming company, you're like, well, why did they give them money? (laughs) Right. That means they don't care. It's just a check. Oh, my goodness. I have a great example for this that I think, you know, is in the news not too long ago. Uh, I don't know if you know the um, skincare beauty company Glossier. I think that's how you say it. I use it all the the time. No, I don't. I don't know. Okay, (laughs) okay. So uh, apparently, um, so it's a really popular um, beauty and skincare line. Um, I think they're especially popular with like, you know, young men and women. I'm going to have to look into this. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, I thought they were doing great. They had all this advertising. They were in like Sephora and other, you know, pretty big reputable stores and not too long ago, um, you know, it's kind of like released or leaked that they were having issues uh, within their company, you know, like they weren't meeting their financial goals. And then, cash. you know, in this article that I was reading, I learned that um, their main investors were like these, you know, kind of tech focused investors. But this is not a tech company, mind you. Yeah. Okay. This is a beauty and skincare brand. Yeah. So I think given that they had accepted like a lot of funding from, you know, one or maybe several tech investors, I think they were sort of, you know, pushed to focus on things that maybe didn't make sense if they were maybe uh, um, funded by something that more closely aligns with their industry. (laughs) Right. And I think that ended up being their downfall. I know that's like a very generalized (laughs) overview of what happened, but yeah, look into it because- I think it's a great example of, of like a big company kind of, you know, falling a victim of, of something like yeah, that. Because if you give millions of dollars to a company, you can guarantee the person who gives money is expecting something. And if their background is not aligned with yours or their missions isn't aligned with the companies, mm-hmm. then obviously it's going to push the company in directions that don't go against its own values. And that will reflect on you because you're going to be working on stuff that be like, why the hell are we doing? Are we doing this? <laughs> It'll be like, so we're a beauty company and we're going to start building houses. And you're like, wait, what? Wait, what? How the hell does this, how did this come here? How did this happen? You should be very careful about that. Another thing, look how many rounds of funding do they have? Now, this isn't always bad. But unless you really, really know what you're doing, the more rounds you take, usually they're not, it's not that good. Because that means, you know, the... They keep getting diluted. You know, there's so much stock everywhere. So your stock is almost worthless. And yeah. just so you know, like there's for some odd reason these days, there's pre pre seed round, there's a pre seed round, and then there's a seed round. Then there's a series A, 
Series B, C, and so forth. I saw a company had like a Series H, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> that means they've taken so many rounds of funding, and that's like a slice of the pie that they keep taking from the company. Remember, all these people now have their hands in the company, pulling the company in different directions. Um, it's a yeah. And how long have they been around, and what have they done with that money? Like yeah, they're just burning cash, like. Like if they have a Series H and they're only there for like three or four years, I don't know how they got to, to an H, but that means like maybe you should. That's concerning. It's very concerning, actually. I think Envision made it to a lot of rounds. And I saw that as like, ooh. And it's weird. I don't really know any designers that use Envision. Uh, everybody's like going to Figma yep. or this stuff. So I don't know how that's. They're probably doing great. And I bet I know they have like clients and it's not a bad product, but. I know that they took yeah. a lot of funding for a long time and I'm going, I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> so, but other companies take in funding and then they become great example, Figma. I remember when they took $50 million in funding and then they just took off like a rocket ship. And it seems that they put their money into their values was with user experience, you know, and you look at Figma and it's just getting better and features that matter. And I can look at the product and go like, Oh, I know where that $50 million went. And I can yeah. look at funding in other companies. I'm like, I have no idea where they spent that money. <laughs> like, I don't. I think this is a really interesting um, point because someone who's listening to this, especially if they're new to the startup world, they might be thinking, "Oh, this is a lot of information oh, yeah, that I have to like <laughs> teach myself." And no, no, no. I mean, I think this is a good point, but it does matter to arm yourself with the knowledge because that'll help you understand like if it's the right fit for you. Um, and you know, like, are you going to get what you expect out of that experience? Whether that's like from a financial standpoint or from a growth standpoint, like whatever it is that you're seeking in this phase of your career and with the job that you're, you know, looking for, I think it matters to have that knowledge um, because it will also make you just more competitive in general. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it, it makes you – you can have a lot of informed questions. Like one day we'll talk about the financial stuff, like how to – we'll deep dive into that. Like we'll just go through a checklist of all the terminology that matters to you. But it's impre- it, it, it matters because when they're – if you do get an offer, like you should understand how their stocks work and like how, like their cap table and so all these other terms. Because if not, they might give you, oh, we're going to give you 25000 options and you're like ah oh, this is amazing yeah but they didn't tell you that they made like 50 million of them so it's like that's mm-hmm. nothing um so there's a lot of things that you have to be careful about but if there's anything you should take from what we've talked about so far is just do research and like google the company google the ceo how does this all things fight align and all these little things that we mm-hmm. talked about and you can start forming learn as much as you yeah, can you start forming a picture now nothing is absolute and nothing is guaranteed but at least you go in at least a little bit informed and my goal is that you just don't don't fall into the excitement of the hype because they're going to give you an elevator pitch they're going to be super excited and pumped it's going to be the best company in the world we're going to make so much money you're going to be rich and it's like i need you to work now <laughs> slave away and you're like okay Let's let's just take a step back. And when you start looking at it, it could be true. But yeah. a lot of things have to work for that to be true. And 
peel the onions layers. Yeah, and here, this is a good segue into like interview process. Let's just say you do did your research, you finally get called, you're going for an interview. Um, you can tell me what you look for in like these interviews, and we'll probably have an episode about interviews, but I know that the number one red flag I look for when I'm talking to a startup, are they pitching to me or are they interviewing me? Like they can do a combination of both and that's good. But if it's 100% a pitch, that usually tells me they just need a body to fill a seat ASAP, which means I'm going to be doing an insane amount of work for an insane amount of time and they're not going to even care that I'm even there. Yeah, and and the work conditions could be questionable as well. Three um, in the morning. You probably get tons of these sort of um, recruiter emails. I mean, I I do uh, on LinkedIn and and even directly to my to my email account. And yeah, it just like they're so excited to talk to me, and you know they're selling so hard. But they don't know anything about me <laughs> aside from like, oh, she used to work at like such and such. But, you know, like you can find out general information like that through LinkedIn or, you know, publicly online somewhere. But um, yeah, they're they're not trying to get to know my my needs or who I am or, you know, or even just start off with like, hey, you know, you seem interesting. Let's have a conversation. If that's like the first sort of impression that they give, then I would generally be like, okay, maybe it's worthwhile to like to like actually talk to them. But if they're just selling so hard up front, it feels not great. I don't know. There's just something weird about it. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I was checking my LinkedIn right now. I'm just like looking at random stuff. People say they always mention if it's a startup, they always mention who's funding them and how much money they have and what round they are. And I'm like, okay, if doesn't, if the idea sounds good, then I'll research it. But if not, I'm like, yeah, yeah. really I'm not going to do this. My rule of thumb. Does the idea sound Okay. See, it's always the same thing. Raise 60 million Series A and hit over 100% of sales targets last year. Like, this is one sentence. And I can go through all, so many of these and they just have the same thing, right? And I mean, I know they're using a template and then they're probably they using are. the same template for every role. But like, come on, just if you're a small company and you're new, right, you're a startup, like at least spend the time to be like, I'm trying to recruit a product designer. Um, what do they care about again? Yeah. You know, like talk about that. Like, the hey, we're, you know, it's UX. Like if it was Tinder. Yes, we're UX focused. We, you know, this is our, we understand this, you know, need or we understand this problem that exists and this is what we're trying to, and I, already you can, you know, like pull at the heartstrings of like a designer, right? Oh, they, they care about this and this, you know, it's like, but if they're already going in with these numbers or name dropping, that to me is a red flag. Yeah, it is a red flag. Um, but I will also be empathetic. So like there was a time I never got a LinkedIn message, right? There was a time when I was like homeless. That was not a thing. I remember when I started out and there was not a thing. There was no internet. And it was, it's like nobody was sending me a message to work come work for them. But I will say that when the day comes that they do send you a message, even if it's for a junior role, be excited. Enjoy it. I always say, bathe yourself in excitement. Just go for the ride. It's just an emotion. Have fun. And then take a deep breath. And then just do a little bit of due diligence. Because this is time that you're giving of your life if they actually do, you know, you go to this company. And I'm not saying you're going to waste it because there's no way of knowing but it's always better to go mm -hmm. into things informed than blind. Because when it's informed, you go more like, this is a conscious choice. Like, 
I don't think this company is going to make it, but I'll be there for a year and I'll get my experience and this will be great, right? And if yeah. it does make it, then awesome. But it's better than go in there and just go like, oh, it's going to be great. And they, you find out all this stuff hard. I mean, you you don't want to be blindsided, right? I think that's a that's a good point. Yeah, see, you can condense it better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's important. So... So when you're going through that, just be excited, but just take half hour, just research and find news articles if they have anything. Look at Crunchbase. Crunchbase talks about their funding and look at terminology and just put like define and then put those acronyms in Google. and It'll tell you what it means. And if you can't get everything, that's fine, but at least something to at least 10% of it. I think that will make a huge difference. Um, and also, like, if you ever get a chance, look at other employees. Like, if you go to LinkedIn, for an example, like, if you're in the United States, right, they use LinkedIn. You can see who the other employees are, and you can look at their Twitter feeds if they have any. And do they look mm -hmm. happy? Do they post about work? Or Like, it, it matters because, like I said very in the beginning, like, I joined the company, everybody looked miserable. So it, that was a red flag for me. I was like, I don't want to be miserable, too. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you could even reach out to them, you know, like DM them on Twitter or LinkedIn or if they've given out their information for contact, like see if you can talk to them. Just say, hey, you know, I'm interested in this company. I, I want to know about your experience. And you can do this even before you decide to go through the formal interview process. Yeah. Yeah, it matters. Like people, it makes it more than a template. Like you said, like everybody just sends templated crap like this will must not be a template this will just be like human. just doesn't tell you much right i get i get why they're you know utilizing a template I'll, I'll even see things where oh it's the actual like ceo or like head of design you know emailing me or, or something but you can tell they're they're still using a template but yeah if you reach out to them if you respond back and they're you know they don't seem like they're human yeah and then sometimes they mess I mean, up they... their their coding so it'll be like dear and then I'll be like in brackets, username, brackets. And I'm oh. like, oh. I'll be like, oh, that must suck. They sent that to so many people. So in person. Yeah. But like, I, I get it. Like, they're playing the numbers game. But I don't know. It, it's really hard to find a company. Like, startups, it's a gamble, right? Like, it could fail or not fail. Statistically speaking, they're likely to fail, though. Um, don't bite the hype. Like, just go with it. And I will say that. I think I mentioned this before, but like you should know what is it that you want out of it. If you're looking for a career, then you should really do more diligence. Like do a lot of research, right? Your due diligence. Like do a lot of yeah. research. If you're looking for... This is why I mentioned... No, no, no. Oh. Please, please, please. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say, this is why I mentioned earlier, like it, it matters to know where you are in your career, whether you're starting off early, like you're a junior designer and maybe you don't have a lot of experience or this is like your first yeah. venture mm -hmm. into a design role, then, you know, your needs might be different versus someone maybe more senior or like looking for specific things out of their you know, their experience. Yeah. And you might go, like I mentioned before, you just only want, you know, like, you know what? I don't want this to be my career, but I want the experience. And then you set a timeline in your head. I'll be there for a year or two. And if you hate it, just leave early. Who cares? It's just a job. I mean, if you can't afford it, right? Obviously, let's be realistic. If you can afford it. And just find what works best for you. 
I always think it's better again to go informed. What do I want out of it? Because we've always been talking, what do they want out of you? They want you to be an employee. They want to give you benefits or money. And but what do you want? Are you going to learn? Then will you have mentorship? Are you going there to just learn on your own? Then are you? How much work are you going to be doing, or how much things are you going to put your hands in? So, mm-hmm. like you said, basically, like where are you in your career? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of this, I mean, you'll obviously learn more once you start talking to. Um, the company, like going through the actual interview process. But um, I mean, even early on, you can just do a quick comparison of does the job description or the role, you know, that they're talking about line up with what they're saying to you initially when you have that kind of first conversation. <laughs> yeah. they're like, you're going to be in charge of all the things design. And when you get there, they're like, shut up, do this. And you're like, wait a second. <laughs> I feel like I've been conned. This sucks. Um, and another thing is like, you should always ask them what does their role entitle? And a good thing is like, what would the day-to-day responsibilities of the job be? Because if they can't explain it, that means they don't know what they're hiring other than they just need a designer. That means you're going to have to figure it out. Which that, if that's yeah. what you want, that's okay. Like, I know I didn't mind back in the day. I was like, I'll figure it out. But you might need yeah. a little bit more help. You're like, no, I can't. That's just too daunting and chaotic, and I don't want to do that. So That's a good point. I, I definitely had that experience, too, where early in my career, I think it was my first job, actually, like I kind of knew up front that they were going to make me do a little bit of everything, but I didn't mind because I was just trying to learn and figure out what I was interested in. And this was during a time where um, there wasn't a Euro- UX role or like UX degree. So I came in with like a graphic design degree, um, you know, like this was a graphic design position, but through doing different tasks, like I found that I was really more interested in web and that kind of set me off on the path of like UX, you know, later on in the future. So I think that could be viable for you or, you know, maybe it's fine to kind of dip your hands in a lot of different, um, you know, things in that particular role. Yeah. And like, hey, I've worked for companies for two months back in the day where that company was burning through cash and just spending money and parties. So I'm like, this is not for me. But I know for some people it's great. Obviously, the company went under, but people who stayed there probably got like eight more months out of it. They're like, yeah, I got good experience. I'm like, good for you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I agree. But anyway, so... This is our part one. We'll probably do a part two, hopefully, about oh, the same thing, but for big companies, which are completely different because, you know, a company like Microsoft, you don't really have to worry about, do they have funding? <laughs> like, I think they're doing okay for themselves. <laughs> but yeah. there's other things you can look into, which are important. But I don't know. Any final thoughts, Tiffany? Uh, just hopefully this is helpful. I mean... Obviously, this is coming from from our experience, so we might not be, you know, representing every experience that that a person may have in in these sorts of situations when evaluating startups. But um, I don't know. I would say this is a good like general list of just things to look out for. Yeah, I would, I'd say follow your heart. I know it sounds cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. Um. I would say just 
I would say the number one thing, and I'll keep repeating it. If you get excited about a company, enjoy the excitement, but then hit the brakes, take a deep breath, and look into the company a little bit, a little bit more in depth. You know, not just like, is the company good? Like, really look at all the pieces because it's very easy to fall into their marketing trap and hype. Like, that's what they're doing, even for customers. Yeah. Like, buy us, buy us. And you, the difference is a buyer buys it and leaves the store, but you have to stay in the store for like for, for as long as you're there. And and another thing I like to tell people, whatever job you take, that doesn't mean it's the job for the rest of your life, which I find very weird because they're like, oh, but if I take this job, I'm like locked in forever. And I'm like, why? Do you have to give them like your organs or something? Like, I don't, I don't understand. And they go... <laughs> No, I have to stay there two years. Why do you have to stay there two years? Like I've been in company two months. I just don't put it on my resume. (laughs) So that never happened, right? Um, It's okay. Like you can be there. And if you don't like it, start looking for another job on the side. And if you're lucky and you can leave, then do it. And if not, then I'm sorry, push through. We have to do it. We've done what we have to do to pay rent, right? But yeah, I mean, just be open-minded about whatever experience, you know, you're putting yourself in or I don't know, whatever you end up choosing and uh, give yourself, you know, grace so that you can choose later on whether or not it's right for you. Like you have that flexibility. Yeah. No one's going to force you (laughs) to stay in a situation that just doesn't make you happy or doesn't line up with your expectations. Yeah. And again, this all goes with assuming you can get an interview because I know that, I mean, I was reading, like this tweet of this person, which I thought it was unfortunate. Um, they were saying, oh, that they had a job for a junior application, like 600 people applied. And then they had to like add experience to the job because they couldn't go through 600 in, like applications. So I know a lot of people are designers and want to at least get, you know, get in through the, get into the door. So if you are one of the lucky ones that does get that opportunity, jump onto it, but still try to go informed like hey board the hype train but at least know where its destination is you know and who's driving <laughs> like that that's how i guess that's how i see it because exactly it's very easy to talk from a position of privilege where we go oh well like if all these companies want you but I, i've been there where i'm not wanted in any capacity and i have fallen into dark places in companies because of it so my advice is if you're lucky enough to have the opportunity to join a startup, just take a couple minutes, do your due diligence and go informed and pause. Yeah, just pause. And it's not to say no. Like you might be like, this is all I can get and I have to take this job. It is still better to go in informed. Like it's still better than going and blank. Yeah, because you know what you're gonna do next. Yeah, you can create a you plan. Know. You're like, okay, I know that these company are salespeople. I can expect that this is gonna be a sales culture and I won't get mad later, hopefully, because I understand that. Like I'm we're trying to hopefully make that experience better. So just wanted to point that out that I understand the reality of the world that it's really hard to get a job. And but I still think it's always yeah. better to be informed. So that's my advice. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, so that's it for today. <laughs> and hopefully we'll do Yay! other we'll do the next one. And yeah, thank you for Get listening. Excited. We're on Twitter, Reality of Design, and we are 
like on Apple, Apple, Spotify, and Google, and a couple other places. I, don't know. I think Amazon. <laughs> I keep on adding places just because the system lets me do it. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, anyway, if you want to listen, just um, reach out. And if you have any comments, feel free to tweet, or maybe one day I'll make an email. <laughs> but that's about it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Anyways, take care, everyone. Bye.